Welcome to this week's edition of Coach Prep. Coach Don and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio getting ready to record episode number 194. And we're going to talk about the million dollar question, should you coach your own kids? That's going to be a tough one, Tori. Before we get into that, though, let's talk about our sponsors. First, the Anderson Bat Company. Everything Fast Pitch is very proud to have Anderson Bat Company as our presenting sponsor. Anderson Bat Company is using the latest and greatest bat technology to corner the market in the fast pitch world. They have the minus 9 rocket tech, the minus 10 carbon, and the minus 11 carbon light. Anderson Bat Company is using this technology to put a high-performing bat in the hands of hitters that really know the difference between a good bat and a great bat. We're also working with Anderson to provide a discount for all of our listeners. Go to the Anderson Bat Company website and order your bats. Use the EFP20 discount, which is for everything fast pitch, and you'll get a 20% discount. Yeah, make sure you take advantage of that EFP20 discount. It helps to support the podcast, and it saves you 20% on an already affordable and great product. So make sure you go to the Anderson website and get your order in. Make sure you use that EFP20 discount. Also, if you want to help support the podcast, become a patron. Go to patreon.com slash everything fast pitch. When you get there, it's a really simple process. We're talking about five, ten, or twenty dollars a month. As we've been talking now for several weeks, 2022 calendar year was very good for us. 2023, we're off to a pretty good start, but we need to gain some momentum. We need to add a few more patrons. We're about eight people away from being a break-even operation. So if we can get eight or ten people to come on board, depending upon how much you decide you want to help us. We can actually be in the black, which is something that we've only done for three or four months in the entire five plus years that we've been doing this now. You know, something that for the long term future of the podcast and for us to be able to continue to do it into the into the future, we really would love to it's see that. To, yeah, yeah, it's so, important to keep it going. Yeah. So if you're in a position where you can, please become a patron. Go to patreon.com slash everything fast pitch. And thank you very much to all our patrons. Those of you that are supporting us now, um, you are the reason this podcast still exists. Without you, we would have gone out of business a long time ago, and we really do appreciate your help. So, Don, should you coach or should you, I guess, instruct or train your own kid? Because I think there's two different paths to this discussion. One is, should you be the coach of a team your kid plays on? And number two is, should you be the person who's teaching your kid how to play? So, Both of those, I think, are loaded with some of the same challenges and some of the same discussion points. Now, for what it's worth, here was my position. I spent time, you know, my son Chuck played baseball, but I never coached any of his teams. Now, I worked with him and helped him, but I think that uh, some of what we're going to talk about today is going to illustrate why sometimes that's not the best possible situation. And I never coached his team because I knew that would be a tough situation. Now, part of why that was true is because Terry and I were both professional coaches. Now, obviously we were softball coaches, but I felt that even though it wasn't quite the exact same game, there was going to be an awful lot of extra pressure on my son because people would look at us as being professional coaches, which means our son, the athlete, the player should be be. way better than other kids, comparable kids. So um, I didn't want to put that extra pressure on him. So, uh, but the idea, should you coach your own kids. I think if it's done well, it's going to be something that would be golden for for the player and the athlete. But the challenges that I think that we're looking at is that particular parent or coach also has to tell that student or that child when to get up, when to eat breakfast, when to go clean up, take shower, when you got to go to school, when to get dressed, when to clean your room. You know, just this long list of being a parent 
all these things that you have to tell them to do or ask them to do or remind them to do piles up. And then when we get to the ballpark and they're like, you have to do this one more thing, you know, one more thing. And it's like, oh, you're just picking at me. Right. It feels that way. But if we can, uh, you know, through the way we present things and the way we do things, create an environment where it's given to them more as just feedback, uh, I think that that can be more comfortably received and a little bit more uh, productive for them. We here at the Cages too, we'll, we have a little video that does, uh, basically it's on a delay where they can take a swing and they look at the swing and they get feedback. They see if their bat's wiggling before they start their swing or they see if their eyes and head are bouncing or moving. And I try and urge the kids to take the feedback that mom and dad give them at the ballpark in terms of their skills and their movements to be just as though they were watching the video themselves. And they see it when they watch the video and mom and dad saying, hey, you know, keep your eyes quieter still or keep your bat barrel still is just as though they were watching it and mom and dad are their portable video. Right. You know, so that allows them a, at least a way to process it where it's not a, a pile on thing to all the other parental things that we have to share with our kids. But, right. Well, yeah. I think your piling on point is a good one because here's my impression. My Parenting experience is limited to one child, so obviously I don't want to say I'm the expert of all things uh, when it comes to raising kids, but here's my impression, and I think this is probably fairly true for all parents. You can chime in where, where you think you want to. So when your kids are young, let's say zero to eight, nine, they think you are the smartest human being on earth. Everything you say is the gospel. They're excited to hear it. They want to do it. They're trying so hard to please you that basically any kind of instruction or correction or whatever that you give them, they're going to take like it's absolute gold. Then there's a period in, you know, somewhere in the 10, 11, 12 range up until 13, 14, 15, where I don't care how right you are. I don't care how absolutely true what you're saying is. I don't care how absolutely expert you are in what you're saying. Your kids don't think it's right. They they're, think they're you're crazy. The they don't think that there's anything about what you're saying them that has any value to them at all. And then later on, whether it's 16, 17, 18, or 25, 26, 27, all of a sudden you're pretty smart again. Right. So I think in, in every parent's journey with their kids, you go from being really, really smart to a stretch where you're going to be really, really stupid to another stretch where you're going to be really, really smart. And that last stretch, the good news is my son's 35 now. It ends that way. It yeah. keeps going yeah. that way. Once, yeah. you know, once they cross back over to the, hey, you know, my dad's not as dumb as I thought he was bridge, they stay on that side of the bridge. So adult ears are going to be fun. So how that relates to our discussion today is I think that whether it's you're the coach of the team or you're just helping your child on their hitting or their throwing or their pitching, that there's going to be those windows of Brilliance. change that where it's going to feel great and it's going to be a really positive thing. And then there's other times when it's going to be a real struggle and hard to see that the reward is worth the effort. It's really fun, Tori, when you sit and have these conversations with the athletes and the parents too and try and sell the fact that mom and dad their feedback is golden to you right. at the ballpark and to see the eyes open up wide, you know, when you're describing how, uh, you know, how they receive that info and they kind of do the little peek over at mom or dad to, you know, don't tell coach Don how I really act. And right. Yeah. So it's kind of fun, but, uh, it's interesting and everybody's going to be different. And again, I think that 
you know, the way we present the information and the coach Stan said the tone, you know, how firm we are about it or how loose and, Hey, take this information. If, if you want to use it, then do, you know, here's what I'm seeing. You know, can you use it? Is that something good for you? Right. You know, that type of, of way of uh, sharing the info with them. Yeah. Well, one of the things that uh, I've seen several different articles about recently is that the vast majority of kids that are playing sports now, and not just baseball and softball, but everything, their primary reason for playing is to please their parents. That every time they do something well, or every time they do something wrong, the first thing they always do is look to see how mom and dad reacted to it. Sure. They don't even look to their teammates or their coaches. They look right, you know, wherever mom and dad are in the stands, yep. the very first thing. And I've seen this up close and personal a bunch of times now being around as, you know, as many teams as I have. So that's something that we know that to the players involved, their parents' reaction, their parents' approval is something that's super, super important. Mm -hmm. Um, It's something that they really value. Now, they don't want to admit it. They don't want to act like it's true. But, you know, we we see whether it's something that they've just been conditioned to do or something that's just a, you know, a biological thing that they're, you know, want to make mom and dad happy. um, That's a whole nother discussion. But so we know if, if kids are constantly looking to see mom and dad's reaction, mom and dad's approval, then the idea that mom and dad should be able to be effective coaches kind of makes sense. Because if I'm trying really hard to please you or what you think about what I'm doing is really important, then hopefully what you're saying is going to have some value. But I think, you know, Don, you touched on the real important part for us to get to today. I think a parent can be a great coach for their own kid. I think a parent can be the absolute worst coach in the history of coaches for their own kid and has nothing to do with their knowledge, experience, the history that they have in the sport that they're trying to help their kids with, but how they deliver the information, how they deliver the message, as you said, the tone that they use. If you're really in tune with what makes your kid tick, you should be armed with the best way possible to deliver the information to make the point to help them learn, to help them get better. And that's, I think, the secret sauce that we're trying to find. And, you know, the sarcasm, the frustration, the anger, the disappointment in our voices when we're delivering that information, I think is the reason for some parents being the absolute worst coach that their kid could ever have. And, you know, some of it's just human nature. When, When you're thinking about your own child's performance, if they're not doing well, I mean, there's no way to avoid the feeling that it's a reflection on me. If my team plays badly as a coach, I always think it's a reflection on me as a coach. Well, if my kid's playing badly, maybe that's a reflection on me as a parent. So I understand how it happens, but if we want to continue to become successful in teaching and coaching our own kids, I think we have to start to think about view of this a little bit differently. So instead of, did she get a hit? How did my instruction, how did my working with her create the opportunity for for her did to be it, successful? Did it benefit? Right. Yeah. And was it, you know, she just got a hit or was it something that I did that really is beneficial and and setting her up for success? Well, and as, as you're describing all that too, Tori, I'm thinking about how from a parent coach from their side too, that all these things in life away from the ballpark kind of build up to the way we present things. If we're really frustrated with all the stuff leading up to getting to the ballpark and then they do something that needs to be corrected. You know, am I going to let that affect how I share in my coaching um, presentation? And we have to compartmentalize or kind of take ourselves away from all the other, 
you know, lifetime things that, that have built up to, right. uh, to that feeling. So, yeah. And, and, it, and that's on the parents, not the kids. Right. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It, it, it goes both ways. It, it piles up on us as parents and coaches. And then, you know, if we let that leak into our presentation of the feedback we give them in practice, it can be detrimental. And, and then that creates a bigger block because yeah. then yesterday they were tough on me and it, it was obvious it was because I didn't finish my homework or whatever. Right. And if I'm mad at you because you didn't take out the trash and right. then you make an error and I'm really mad at you because you didn't take out the trash, right? but the error is the new am, thing that brings my frustration out, then obviously we're heading for a am, bad, bad am situation. I, am I letting these things crisscross? Right. right. And, and I think that's the reason that this is a, a really worthwhile discussion today, because I think it's very difficult to do both, to be able to separate one from the other. So I think if I'm frustrated with my child because of something that's going on at home or in school or whatever, and then we go to the ballpark, that frustration over those other things my, is not going to just my, disappear. My patience and fuse is very right. short. And so whereas I might treat you know player A, somebody else's kid, totally differently because I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not, not frustrated in, yeah, with them. I'm not mad because yeah. they got a C on a quiz or whatever. But I think it's important, you know, again, for our parents who are coaching their own kids to really be thinking about this separate now. Separate that and, stuff. And, and we spend a lot of time talking about strategy and rehearsal and practice and all that kind of stuff. And again, something else that if you want to coach your kid well, you need to be practicing and rehearsing in your mind how you're going to do these things. Because the reality Take is... Take that pause. Right. If we didn't have parents coaching teams... We'd have about ten percent of the teams we'd we have. done, and we always talk about how great it is that so many kids get to play. Well, the reason so many kids get to play is there's so many parents that want their kids to have an opportunity They're to willing. play. Yeah. So you know the idea that it's bad for parents to coach their kids is not what I'm saying, but what we are saying is if you're a parent who's coaching their own kid, and whether again whether you're coaching the whole team or you're just working with your kid in the backyard, we have to rehearse in our minds. We have to strategize. How can I be the best coach I can possibly be? Most well-received. Right. And, yeah. and, and to, to send the information to, to help my child become a better player, because if I'm out there in the backyard working with them on their pitching, I'm obviously out there to help them become a better pitcher. Well, so that means I've got to be strong enough or mature enough or whatever that when she throws one over the backstop or throws one over the garage, that instead of being frustrated and acting out because I'm also mad Sarcastic because she didn't do and, her homework. Yeah. I've got to be able to leave the homework and all that stuff in, in a whole different compartment. That's got to be a, you know, 45 minutes after we're done with our softball, then, then I get to go back to being, you know, the dad who's frustrated about the schoolwork or frustrated about the room Chores. being dirty or yep. whatever. But while I'm being the coach or instructor or whatever it is, that that's got to be my primary job at that point in time. And I know we're asking you to do something that's difficult, but I think that the potential payoff, if we get better at it, is so amazing to think about how much more fun it would be coaching your kid if your kid felt like softball was a respite from their real life relationship with you. It was a chance for you to just be their coach and, and we, not be their... We get to go do this other thing. Right. Yeah. And, and and something that could be a whole lot of fun to do, something that could be really rewarding to see the, the gains and the progress and all that kind of stuff. And so I... Love the idea that parents want to coach their kids. I just want us to keep thinking about ways that we can do it better. And and to me, the most important thing, you know, we talked a couple of weeks ago about managing the frustration of a bad game and how to have a, a good post-game game. Uh, discussion, mm -hmm. post-game meeting. Well, I think the same thing is true here. You need to be practicing 
how am I going to separate being dad from being coach? And how am I going to separate being mom from being the coach that should be able to do one thing and not have the other one bleed into it so much? And we can talk about that, right? And and share how we're going to do that together. Right. This is something that we're going to establish as uh, kind of our guideline and just our, our deal. Right. This is how we're going to do it. And the other one that I want everybody to be thinking about, because this is one I hear all the time. I hear moms and dads basically bragging about the fact that to make sure that people so that we don't get labeled as a daddy ball situation i'm twice as hard on my own kid as i am on everybody else not necessary that's dumb that's just dumb if you're extra mean to your kids so that you can be a little bit mean to somebody else's kid that's just dumb we've got to lay that out the way it really is being extra hard on your kid to give the impression that you're being fair to other kids means you're doing some stuff wrong. We got to address that. How are we really, you know, affecting our own? Right. And yeah. and making your own kid more miserable so that other kids will want to play on your team. That doesn't sound like really strong strategy to me. How about, how about just being neutral? Well, right? and especially because, <laughs> you know, we keep talking about all this other stuff that's going on in the world. You know, we talked on the Everything Fast Pitch podcast this week about how, you know, even a team like Oklahoma, where they're doing nothing but winning, but how unhappy and disappointing and, and frustrated and, and challenging that was for so many of those players. And they're winning all the time. How does it feel for your 13-year-old kid to have you going off on them constantly at practice because you're setting the tone that I'm going to be harder on my own kid than I am on everybody else's kid? How is that good for their mental health and their love of the game and their wanting to be on the team and all that kind of stuff? And so I think... You know, all these discussions are really good because it opens the door for us to be thinking about a lot of the stuff that we've always taken as the gospel. We talk a lot about how, how many times I wish I knew then what I know now, or I wish I wouldn't have been so stupid then as now that I'm a little bit older and a little bit wiser. I never had the uh, cross of, I was super hard on my own kid to prove I was being a good coach because I didn't coach my own kid. But there's a lot of our coaches out there that need to hear that and go, wait a second, that's not a really good idea, so... No, all this stuff, Tori, all the podcasts, I think, are uh, are things that we wish we could have done better. And uh, again, it's kind of neat that we get a chance to share it with yeah. everybody. And, and you know, to, back to Stan's point from earlier, it doesn't matter how right you are. If you're saying it badly, they don't hear it. It's not going to... Right. Yep. So you can be saying they exactly the, the right thing. Yeah. You can have watched your child throw a pitch and have seen exactly what the correction is, have told her exactly what will make it better and been a hundred percent, a million percent right. And if you're saying it like, well, would you snap your wrist or would, would you step towards your target? Well, because you said it that way, I think I'm going to not do yeah. it or this time. Or you, right. th- you think you We're might, go- you think you might step on your power line once in a while. You think that might solve the problem. That means, that means I'm going to throw the next three bad. Right. Yep. Or, or we can be the, we need to work on our power line. Let's make sure we stay on the power line. Oh yeah, I think oh, I can do that. Yeah. Or yeah. on that last pitch, how did it feel? Did you feel like you stayed on your power line? Right. I mean, or you think you could get on the power line? And again, it's just a pretty simple well, thing, but it's so obviously part of the challenge. And that embarrasses me if you say it that way. Right. I'm now I'm embarrassed, and now I don't really feel like doing it again. Right. Because I don't want to be embarrassed again. Or even the all-time possible, maybe the worst thing ever. If you don't get on that power line, I'm going to make you clean your room. 
You're walking home. Yeah, I'm going to make you, you know? walk home or, or, or no dinner or whatever it yeah. is. So, All right, so parent coaches, there's plenty for you to think about. Um, I would love to hear from some of you that have got a lot more experience coaching your kids because I know a lot of our listeners are in the trenches coaching their kids and coaching their teams every day. And if you have an opinion or an idea, Coach Don, and I always love to entertain whatever you're thinking about because we want to make sure we're talking about stuff that you're interested in. And this just seemed like a really good topic now because, you know, again, in, in our travels, whether it's here in the cage or out at the field, the idea of parents coaching their kids badly is something that we need to keep working on because we want it to be something that when you look back on it, it's the greatest experience Fun ever. for everybody. Yeah. Yep. And, and not, not something else. So, so that's going to wrap up number 194. Please make sure you support Anderson Bat and become a patron if you can. Patreon.com slash everything fast pitch. Make sure you send us your comments, questions, ideas to everythingfastpitch at gmail.com or fastpitchprep at gmail.com. And make sure you go to the fastpitchprep.com website, order your square cuts training discs. They're $49.95 a dozen. We'll get them out to you right away. So for Coach Don McKinley and our producer, Stan Lewis, this is Coach Tory saying thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next week.